my my subject uh, is the Straits Times Press, which the Straits Times today is the highest circulating newspaper in Singapore. And specifically, I'm looking at what happened to the Straits Times Press uh, during the Second World War. Now, what we need to remember from uh, in in starting this off is that. Singapore had very little direct involvement in the First World War. Um, this was, you know, rather, rather than a period of direct conflict, this was uh, a period of uh, accelerated industry and wealth production with the growth of uh, rubber and tin manufacture, which was uh, generally sold out and sent back to Britain. So <coughs> this, this then became the period of people like uh, Tan Kaki making their, their personal fortunes. So by the 1930s, uh, we end up in a situation where Singapore's uh, Straits Times newspaper uh, was in a very financially strong position. So they started to expand. They, the Straits Times Press uh, purchased other newspapers, the Singapore Free Press, the Penang Gazette, uh, the Times of Malaya. They launched a couple, new, uh, a couple of new papers of their own, the Singapore Daily and the Sunday Times. And around this period, they established themselves as being the most prestigious uh, newspaper in Singapore. But by this point, they had all, they already, for a, a rather long time, uh, had held a reputation of being a Tuan's paper, a, a, a master's paper. Since, since, um, <coughs> since the newspaper began in, 19, in 1845, the Straits Times had always represented the interests of the European commercial community in Singapore uh, rather than local residents. It catered uh, to the international trading community and the colonial governing class. The emphasis on, uh, of the newspaper was on free commerce, and this is reflected in the visual organization of the newspaper, which had essentially remained the same uh, since the 1840s. The sale of advertising space was the primary driver of visual design. Uh, the front page of the newspaper was always dedicated to advertisements. The Straits Times therefore gave uh, an image of trade rather than any impression of actually providing news. And even into the 1930s, uh, the Straits Times was still an advertising journal. It was uh, essentially a, a relic of the 19th century commercial printing trade. Now around the period that the Straits Times started to expand, there was another Singaporean newspaper that was launched. Uh, this was the Singapore Herald. Uh, it was Japanese-owned, and it was operated by the managing editor, Tatsuki Fuji. Uh, this was happening at the same time as the Japanese Empire's expansion through China, and the Singapore Herald uh, provided an, a still informal part of Japan's early propaganda uh, in the Straits Colonies, uh, presenting Japan in a positive light. Now, as Japan's military campaign extended into Southeast Asia, a more formal propaganda campaign began. The Japanese started to scatter leaflets across the Malayan Peninsula, and these carried the graphic insignia of Japan uh, and presented locals with messages of peace and Asian fraternity. So one of them said, this one here, 
the Japanese army is your friend, unlike the foreign British and Americans. Uh, we are all of a common ancestry uh, and our Asian brethren. As such, we have a common enemy in the British and Americans. So Japan's in uh, declared intention at this point was to foster a consciousness of Asian pride, aiming to unite the Malay with the Japanese in opposition uh, to the Western uh, to the Western materialism that was that had governed and taken advantage of their country. The first of Japan's propaganda leaflets fell on Singapore in the evening of December 28, 1941. Uh, urging Asians to rise up against Europeans. So we might uh, therefore begin to say that the Japanese military campaign in Singapore was specifically directed at the readership of the Straits Times. It was uh, the colonial and economic tuan. As the, as the Malayan Peninsula fell and the Battle of Singapore began, uh, wartime material privations began to take their toll on the Straits <coughs> Times, it uh, shrunk in size, which was a, a combined effect of uh, limited paper and limited news, uh, which was owing to the fact that the news agencies, like Reuters, had, uh, had closed. On February 13th, 1942, the Times had uh, reduced itself down to a, single, uh, a small single-sided sheet. A day later, it released what would be its final issue, uh, because on the 15th of February, the battle was over, uh, the British had surrendered. Uh, Singapore became, at the time, the southernmost part of the Japanese Empire and was renamed Shonan To, uh, or the Light of the South. The Japanese occupation of Singapore uh, forced the closure of the Straits Times press, uh, and the, the British editors who were managing the newspapers were all sent to the, the camps at Changi. But this didn't stop the production of news for long the Japanese administration adopted the Straits Times Press as the centre for its own newspaper production. Just five days after the, the final issue of the Straits Times, on, the fe on February the 20th of the Imperial Year 2602, the first copy of the Shonan Times was issued. Now, on the, on the first issue only, which is on the left, uh, the, the title was spelled with an, with an H rather than a Y as if to demonstrate to the population how to pronounce the new name of their island. Now with, and with this publication, a symbol of European capital and power in Singapore, the Master's Paper, was transformed into a channel for continued pro-Japanese and anti-Western propaganda. Tatsuki Fuji, who had previously edited the pro-Japanese Herald, uh, and who was only recently released from an Indian prison camp, was soon appointed as the editor of the Shonan Times. Now, the newspaper's change is uh, clearly demonstrated in its visual impression. So whereas the front page of the Straits Times had been dominated by advertising illustrations, the Shonan Times was dedicated to, uh, to news article texts. This was a newspaper that presented uh, a much more serious character and one that would um, to more equate to what we would view as a modern or a, a mid-century newspaper. <coughs> and its sober quality is, was reflected in the new mast, uh, a bold and grotesque type. It was generally a newspaper stripped of all of its previous flourishes. Now it's important to emphasize here that the newspaper continued as an English language publication, 
which obviously is an anomaly for a propaganda campaign that hinged on shaking off European colonial influences. In September of 1942, the editors wrote, we regret that we are forced to, uh, to use the language of the enemy. It is a disgrace to use this la uh, the language of the people who have exploited and suppressed us. Their reasons, however, were uh, completely practical. While the Japanese tried to teach their language in local schools, uh, and the newspaper even printed basic lessons uh, in Japanese, and their crosswords were in Japanese, uh, most of the Straits Chinese and Malay citizens had uh, real difficulty learning the language. They continued on in their own dialects, as they had before, or they used English as a uniting language. So as an English medium, the newspaper therefore retained something of a Western impression. Uh, it was an official instrument of Japanese power in Singapore, uh, but it also somehow remains, uh, retains the, the image of being outside the Japanese empire. And as if to uh, confirm this Western continuity, the Shonan Times reverted to the same black letter masthead types of the Straits Times uh, in June 1942. The, this return uh, to black letter shows one of the curious complications uh, of an anti-Western newspaper that was published in English and therefore is uh, somewhat held captive by the international production of printing types in Latin scripts. In December of 1942, the newspaper was renamed the Shonan Shimbun, uh, launching a new mast in, in brush script letters. Uh, but a year later, they returned to the old black letter with a revision in spelling of the name, uh, and this would remain to the very end of the newspaper in 1945. On several special occasions, uh, they also provided uh, illustrated backdrops, uh, which were attached to the mast. Uh, one of them shows the rising sun of Japan casting its light over the jungle and towns of Singapore. Uh, another emphasizes the collective successes of hard work. And I mean, the symbolism of these illustrations is fairly obvious. But the thing I find, uh, or that I think is more interesting, is what the rest of the front, of the, uh, front page design of the newspaper symbolized. The Japanese never returned to the advertising focus of the British paper's editors. Um, while it was still a propaganda sheet, they were producing an image of serious news for the readers in Shonan. Now, when the Pacific War ended, uh, Shonan was restored uh, to the British as Singapore. The last issue of the Shonan Shimbun was released on September 3rd, 1945, and uh, this was where they announced the Japanese surrender. In the formal agreements that followed to um, prepare for the handover to the British, it was decided that an official newspaper called the Malayan Times would be issued. Uh, there was no provisions made for the, for the old Straits Times, which was considered dead. The British Military Association would, uh, it was decided, would control the allocation of newsprint. The, in fact, the return of the Straits Times uh, only came about through the dedication of its technical workers, uh, who released a new issue uh, under the title The Straits Times on September the 7th, just four days after the last issue, after their last issue for the Japanese. This gives a general uh, historical overview to the, the newspaper, but I'd like to turn, I think, to the historiography of 
the Straits Times in particular. The historian of Singapore and the Straits Settlements, Mary Turnbull, uh, wrote an official history of the Straits Times for its 150th anniversary, so in uh, 1995. And she wrote from a position of the, the editors and the journalists, uh, which were primarily, especially early on, the British editors and journalists. So when the Straits Times Press closed in 1942, she, she doesn't really give any concern to the, the Japanese editors who move in and is more concerned with the, uh, where the British editors <coughs> went next. That is, they were sent to the camps and uh, in some emulation of their old work, they printed for themselves a little uh, POW news sheet which they issued around the, uh, the internment camps. Uh, so, through a history like this, and through uh, even the Straits Times today, a, a clear separation is made between that newspaper, the Straits Times, and the Shonan Shimbun. And this is probably to be so. This is probably to be expected, since the book was actually commissioned by the Straits Times itself. But it's also somewhat un, uh, understandable for a journalistic history of the newspaper, which emphasises editorial approach and subject content. But if we're looking at it uh, from the view of design history or a history of printing and manufacture, I think this requires a slight reframing of the story. Now, of course, in 1942, the Straits Times British editors were removed from office. Uh, its name was changed, and uh, so did, of course, its political allegiances. But below this uh, controlling structure of the paper, the people who typeset and printed the newspaper largely remained the very same group of local, primarily Indian workers. The Straits Times ended and the Shonan Times took its place within a week. The production workers continued with their jobs uh, at the same office and on the same machines performing the same tasks. And the same is true when the Shonan Shimbun ended in 1945 and the Straits Times took its place within four days. Therefore, from a design and manufacturing point of view, there is a degree of continuity, uh, linking both papers as products of a single, uh, ongoing manufacture. Uh, one of the most significant design workers here is Paranjothi, uh, who had joined the Straits Times Press in 1937. <coughs> he was uh, reportedly an extremely competent linotype machinist, uh, what you would call uh, in the trade as a, as a swift. So when the, when the Straits Times purchased the Penang Gazette, uh, Paranjothi was made composing foreman for all of the officers' newspapers. In 1942, uh, he was kept on in this position and he continued to work um, at the press for the Japanese throughout the occupation. In 1945, on the day of the Japanese handover, it was Paranjothi who arrived at the Cecil Street offices and guarded the press equipment from looters uh, looters which included actually the managers of some of the newspapers. <coughs> at that time other workers uh, also began to arrive at the offices. Now, this included the head of engraving, uh, Fusui Kim, and the then chief linotype mechanic, Chan Ah Su, uh, along with some of the old British employees who were now released from the camps. And they began their work to restore the Straits Times. Now remember they had no official support or sanction here because uh, all of the materials were dedicated to the Malayan Times. But <coughs> Farron Joffe is our key figure here 
rather than being attached to the shifting political structures, he simply continued his job. We can't completely view the Straits Times and Shonan Shimbun as separate institutions uh, when both are products of the same uh, ongoing production. And if we were to accept this degree of continuity, we can also begin to suggest the influences of one paper over the other. The resumption of the Straits Times was not, strictly speaking, its restoration. Uh, when it had concluded in 1942, the paper was an old-fashioned advertising sheet. When it resumed, its workers gave it the image of a modern newspaper, which visually emphasised um, free news, which was the same kind of paper that they had manufactured in the Shimbun. Perhaps there was a glimpse uh, of this newspaper in the final issues of 1942, uh, where there were, no, uh, there were no advertisers to post material. And certainly this is true of the first issues of the newspaper, as uh, they were produced in a state of alarm, uh, where there was no time to collect payments and prepare artwork for companies. But we would also need to recognise that when Singapore stabilised, the Straits Times didn't return to its old practices. Uh, it was now not quite the elitist master's paper of commerce, but it emphasised the provision of news uh, for the people, creating the image of the Straits Times that we more or less know today. Uh, and thus I'll come to my final thought. Uh, the Japanese occupation shifted the practices of the old Straits Times production workers. When they themselves chose to resume the Singapore newspaper in 1945, they were merely continuing with their daily work. Uh, though clearly with a mission of restoring a sense of power over their work and their city. And in this lies the paradox, where a wartime propaganda sheet could lay the groundwork for imagining what the Straits Times could be as a free newspaper. The Shonan Shimbun sets the image of what the Straits Times could become as a free journalistic press, suggesting its political role in rebuilding Singapore, rather than answering only to uh, private economic imperative. Uh, thank you.